Hi, welcome to the Get to Yes podcast. This special series focuses on a topic that's affecting every business in our industry right now, COVID profitability. This new series is designed to help hair, beauty and aesthetic business owners survive by building a profit-based COVID recovery plan. Neil Osborne from The Sales Catalyst is our host. He teaches, coaches, consults and speaks on business subjects that help hair, beauty and aesthetic businesses how to become commercially clever. Throughout this special series, Neil talks with a variety of industry experts who share business tips to help you navigate your way out of COVID and beyond. His goal is to help build the financial strength of our industry. He'll be discussing in simple industry language important elements in a profit-based COVID recovery plan. We'll cover ways to manage the big costs in your business and make a profit, where your cash flow and profit is and how to keep some of it in your pocket, what your figures mean and how to influence them, how to benchmark your business figures against industry averages, and how to communicate and negotiate with your landlord. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Get to Yes and our new Series 3 financial program. Super excited because I've got a good friend back again today. Uh, you may have heard of uh, Stuart before, but if you haven't, let me introduce you to him. Stuart Donaldson is the founder and owner of Banyan Co. He's an experienced banker and finance executive. He's an educator, business coach, and financial advocate for owners of small to medium enterprise businesses. As a facilitator, Stuart has conducted hundreds of seminars, workshops, and keynote addresses across Australia, New Zealand, Asia, and the US. He's worked alongside scores of business owners, franchise groups, industry associations, and professionals. And this has all earned him a really enviable reputation. Stuart is known for his ability to transform financial concepts from confusing and complex to simple and intuitive. Well, I have to say, Stuart, you're in the right place. Thank you. Uh, Stuart also has a Bachelor of Business and an Accounting degree and an Advanced Diploma in Financial Services. Welcome, Stuart. Great to see you again. Thank you, Neil. It's wonderful to be here. I appreciate it. Good on you, mate. Um, by way of background, uh, you know, we come, we're starting to come out of this sort of COVID period now. But I think while before we were faced with shock, today I think we're faced with another phase. And it's the people I'm talking to, there's this degree of uncertainty you know, what's going to happen as these government subsidies sort of start to wind back? You know, we've got Christmas. Is that going to be good? Is that going to be strong? But what I'm noticing is that things are still really lumpy. You know, I've got some businesses that are struggling and some that are really powering. But again, there's just this uncertainty. I mean, how, from a financial point of view, what's a strategy that we could help clients with to well, to shore up their security and their success. What, what's the strategy there, Stuart? Uh, thank you, Neil. And we are living in the most interesting of times, as you know, with COVID-19. Wow. And especially, you know, it, it does vary across industry, but it varies regionally as well. And if you're in Melbourne, you are not thinking we're coming out of this at the moment. It's pretty damn tough down there, or Victoria, I should say. And that does make forecasting a much more difficult experience than we've had in the past. And I always like to say to people, Although COVID-19 will come and go and business will live on, notwithstanding that, we do need to accept that this isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. Mm -hmm. This is very much about learning how to dance in the rain. It is completely different now. You asked me what a strategy would be. My strategy that I would suggest to everyone listening is build a cash war chest because you don't have the benefit of 
predictability that we've always had and mm. we we don't know what's around the corner with COVID-19. That's just so true and I must admit I think um, dancing in the rain would appeal to a lot of my clients Stuart. I think it's a very apt saying especially for our industry. But what's this war chest idea? Help me understand that a bit more. That seems a bit more elusive for some. When I talk about a cash war chest what am I really talking about? I'm talking about your bank account. I am mm -hmm. saying build up as much as you possibly can in cash reserves, a rainy day fund to help you come out of this. And as, as markets and economies recover, mm. um, you will need to call on all those reserves. So mm. rather than burning cash, okay. let's build a cash runway. How do you do that? There's two ways you can do that. Externally, there's a lot of stimulus support. There's obviously JobKeeper version two as it is now. Yep. There are a lot of grants out there for mm -hmm. small to medium enterprises at yep. a local, a state and a federal level. Mm -hmm. If your business is really struggling, you can apply for on hardship grounds for relief from the ATO. Yes. You can put a payment plan in place. You can go to the lenders mm -hmm. and you can defer your, if you have an overdraft or if you have not so much an overdraft, but if you have loans and facilities with yep. With banks, you can apply to defer the payments on those for mm -hmm, a period of mm -hmm. time, even though ultimately the interest is payable. If you were to do all of those things, that means that cash is staying in your account, either coming in through the stimulus or staying there rather than being paid out to service your debts. Right. So that's at an external level. Mm. At an internal level, you have to think about your business. And you know, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we, we tend to be very, very focused on, on sales and our turnover. I'm suggesting you need to run your business as efficiently as possible. And yes, sales are important, They're absolutely mm -hmm. important, and they become profit and profit converts to cash in some way, shape or form. But how efficiently are you purchasing your stock? How well are you managing your staff? Are you measuring their effectiveness at upselling or increasing average mm. transaction size. What are you doing with your marketing? Should you cut your marketing costs? In my view, absolutely not. You want to build up your frequency of people coming through the door. So, you know, there's there's an awful lot that you can do mm. um, in order to drive a higher level of sales and ultimately create a higher level of cash yeah. internally. Okay, let's circle back because I, I think some of those external things, a lot of us have already been, well, if we're not doing it, we've definitely been told to do it, that's for sure. Uh, and, I, and I respect that. But I, what I'm also hearing that in the broader picture, and, you know, I, I was uh, talking to my wife the other day and we were joking about, you know, the Lion King story about the circle of life. And we were talking more about now the circle of money, trying to explain to my children what's going on and how the stimulus over here is affecting over here and are people going to spend? Because that's where it all really comes down to. You know, are they going to come into our businesses and spend? And at the moment, it would appear that, you know, anecdotally that the majority of hair and beauty businesses around the country are being favoured because money's not maybe being spent elsewhere, e.g. holidays, overseas trips, or whatever it might be. And that money's being redirected, possibly, back into some personal satisfaction and some personal pride about yeah. care and services, which is really great. So that means that, hypothetically, we already have a strong inbound clientele coming into our businesses, great. which is really great. However, I do take your point that the marketing still needs to be done, even though you've got a flow of clients at the moment, because you don't know in three months time whether that flow is still going to be there. So you've got to do the marketing. So that's, I agree with you there. The thing that I find most interesting is 
we seem to get busy doing a lot, but we don't, and to come in on your word, we don't look at the efficiency. I'd like just to maybe try to drill down a little bit more as to what this efficiency means potentially for some of our clients. So efficiency in your case would be, you know, um, looking, not just buying, but looking at what you're buying and making sure that it's what the right quantity and at the best price, is that? Uh, yeah, look, it's probably, it, it's certainly broader than that. I mean, efficiency is a function of productivity. And to me, productivity is the single most powerful driver of success in all businesses. And what I love about it is, and I, I ask anecdotally this question of the audience, where am I going to find it in the financial statements? And the answer is, yes. you're not. And that, that's exactly right. and, and that is why a lot of people never focus on it. But mm -hmm. you, you can find it in the financial statements by putting certain metrics in place that allow you okay. to measure the efficiency and the productivity of your resources. So when mm -hmm. you think about productivity, it usually what comes to mind is it's your, your assets mm -hmm. and your people, the people that you yep. manage. You can put measures in place that allow you to review how effectively you're managing your assets, which yes. is things like your stock and you know your your salon and the you know sales per square meter and, and all and in that our sort case, of thing. The number of treatment rooms you have, for hundred percent, and and the devices that you may have within those treatment rooms, and how frequently they're used, and yep. what price they're bringing, and all that sort of stuff. Where I'm, where I was wanting to lead to is a really interesting area, and it's an area I'd like just to spend a minute to talk further about, and that is that a lot of people get busy doing stuff. Yes. And they think they've had a great day because they've worked really hard and they've done either, you know, well, lots of hours of work. But this efficiency word is when we come back and look at that, the easiest way, I mean, I, when I go to talk to clients, uh, Stuart, you know, years ago, if I used to say to them, you know, if I could click my fingers and give you one thing, what would it be? They used to always say money. I asked them that question pre-COVID and they used to say, well, I want more time. But when I actually look at their business and go, if I could click my fingers and do one thing to make you grow your business quickly, what could it be? And what we talk about is getting the existing clients to spend more money. Precisely. Because there's only two ways to grow your business. Either A, get more clients in the door and they spend $100 each, yep. like your current clients are. Yep. Or focus on your existing clients and work out a way where you can have some success in upselling even just $20. So you've got a 20% uplift in your income. That is huge, isn't it? Is that the it, right way to look at it? It is absolutely the yep. right way to look at it. And it is, it is about getting the most you can out of those customers. So it's about customer frequency, uh -huh. transaction frequency. It's about price. It's about upselling. It's about cross-selling and getting an average across the whole lot that's going to drive a better financial outcome. So they would be the four ideal KPIs to look at, the ones that you just mentioned just then. Yeah, from, yeah. A, from a sales point of view, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I would be looking at things like, you know, um, number of customers, I'd be looking at transaction frequency, upselling and those sorts of things. Anything that that ultimately leads to a greater financial return for yep. you or to be measured. And you don't want too many. You, you, you no. will know within your own business what yep. the two or three main drivers yep. are. Yep. Certainly from a sales point of view, that would be where I would be focused. Yeah, well, when, I, uh, when we go out and actually teach, we, we focus on five team drivers for yep. each of the therapists. And that's upsell, cross-sell. Retail, retention, and rebooking. They're the five drivers, and each one of those has a huge impact on this word efficiency. Because if we can, you know, I mean, I was, I was talking with a, a clinic the other day, their average transaction is $1,500. 
I mean, it's fantastic because why? They're at the high end of injectable treatments. Yeah. You know, I go into laser clinics. Their, their average transaction can be anywhere from, say, two to 400, again, depending on their mix of business. In each and every one of those cases, all we have to do is try to lift our average transaction by 10%. And it's not difficult to do if you have a plan. Yes. And if you sit down and talk about not only what it is you want to offer, but the words to use and how to do it. That's right. I mean, and you need to have a business owner that has an open mind to this. And then from my point of view, what I tend to do when I work with business owners is I look at things like that. What was it you said? Average client transaction. Yeah, $1,500. $1,500 is very high, but, you know, two to three, two to 400 can be laser clinics. And I like to sit down with a tool and, and, and demonstrate to people this is what it would mean in terms of your average transaction if we put your price up. Yes. And then I show them, let's say I say to them, let's see, let's have a look at what it would mean to you if you put your prices up by 10% mm -hmm. in terms of numbers of transactions. So your transaction level is here today. Mm -hmm. If you put your price up, mm -hmm. you can afford to lose a certain number of transactions or clients and not be financially disadvantaged at all. Mm. they can drop and if they don't drop to that level if they stay higher mm. you make more money the converse is you drop your price yeah. and you're in a volume game now and you not can you have to go and sell a whole lot more stuff and get and a whole lot more customers and those models have recently come into our industry and a lot of clinic owners are very frustrated by you know people driving down the price Underarms, laser under hair removal underarms, yeah. you know, five, 10 years ago was 100 bucks or more. Now you can get it for $29, you know, or even less. Some people like see it for $9. So, you know, the point of the matter is, is that how can a clinic do this? How can a clinic lift their average transaction? Well, I think firstly, they've got to think about their point of difference, yeah, and how they can stand out from the crowd, what they're doing differently, but more importantly, how their staff communicate the difference. Don't follow the crowd. Mm. Don't follow the crowd down mm. because it's a race to the bottom. Back mm. yourself. Yep. Back the fact that you've got a quality product, a quality team, mm. a quality look and feel when people mm. come into your place of business yep. and back yourself to, to maintain those relationships at a premium level. Yeah. That's what we call uh, creating an authority position. Yes. And, uh, you know, being seen to be the authority in your area or in your subject matter. Yeah. You know, the let's be frank, when we look at our population and look at our industry, we look around and is it the GP that makes the money or is it the specialist? And every time the specialist wins. And that's a message that I think we need to maybe, you know, close on today and say that this is the vehicle that people need to start to look at. How can you be different rather than, as you said, be caught up in that race to the bottom? And give yourself the ammunition by knowing your numbers, knowing how, where to look, what to look for, what stones to turn mm. and how to put some productivity measures in place. And that will give you a very much a clear view through the rear, through the actual windscreen mm. rather than looking back in the past of yeah, what's happened in years yeah, gone by. So true. Hey, guys, I hope you've enjoyed our conversation today. Stuart has just got so much experience and so much to share with us. Uh, he's also doing a uh, SME financial skills workshop in the very near future. Uh, regardless of where you're watching this or listening to this, if you're uh, on a website or on our uh, any of our social feeds, just drop a message below and we'll get it back to you. If you are listening to this on podcast, on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else, uh, just drop us an email, neil at the salescatalyst.com.au and we'll make sure the steward gets in contact with you and helps you on your financial journey to success. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the special COVID profitability series of the Get to Yes podcast. If you like what you've heard, please share it with other people who also want a more profitable business. Until our next episode, you can visit Neil at thesalescatalyst.com.au.